This is Stan and Carl with A Word Fitly Spoken. This is a privately funded podcast, and yet we need your support, not with money, but with your prayers, that this ministry accomplishes two things. One is that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and second, that this is a platform for Christians to be able to tell their story. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and like us. This makes our podcast much easier for others to find on Stitcher and iTunes and iHeartRadio and anywhere that podcasts are playing. This recording and the material within it is copyrighted and any rebroadcast or use of the material without expressed written consent is strictly prohibited. Hello and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken with Carl and Stan. We are here to bring you the good news, give some reports from the local mission field, and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So sit back, listen, and enjoy A Word Fitly Spoken. everybody and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken. We're here at Winds Baptist Church on a beautiful Saturday morning just a few weeks before Christmas and if you walked around the church right now we've got Christmas displays all over the place. The kids are going to be performing a play this afternoon so the sanctuary is all ready and prepared for just a, a wonderful time. But this morning Harlan and I are here with a real good friend and brother in Christ, Travis Rector. Travis, uh, it is so good to have you here this morning, and uh, really looking forward to talking to you and getting to to know your ministries and know a little bit more about you. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate it. Right. Looking forward to it as well. Why don't you start, uh, Travis, and tell us, when did you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? So I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior when I was in second grade. Uh, so I guess that puts me somewhere around seven, eight years old. Okay. My story, as far as how I came to know Christ, I grew up in a Christian family. Of course, I know you're not saved because you grew up you know, learning about Christ, but right. uh, it certainly helps to uh, save you and spare you from a lot of other things you would have learned otherwise had you not known about the gospel at an early age. So my story started at an early understanding of who Christ was, never doubted it for a second, and just grew up with that assurance that God was who he said he was, and his son indeed came and lived a sinless life and died on the cross for my sins. So I grew up in an early age understanding that, and I think that made my decision fairly easy. I guess, obviously, growing up in a a home that's God-fearing and where the Lord was first and foremost. And you saw that in your parents? Yeah. Yep. Saw it in my parents and my grandparents. Yeah. And then my church community. Yeah. It definitely helped. All of that helps get you where you need to be and in the right frame of mind. To know and understand how God works in your life or can work in your life. And I want a blessing at a very Absolutely. young age. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to carry it on. It is. And, and, and you're doing exactly that. You've got three children now. Three girls, yep. That is, yep. oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. I, I remember when uh, Bela was just born. <laughs> I yeah. used to see her and she's grown up into a fine young lady. It's just amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. You don't realize how fast it goes. And you really only have a little window. That's true. Know, to instill the truth into them and, and pray that God works it in them. Exactly. And you're, you've done that because we can see that. You know? And for those of you who are listening and you're not exactly sure who Travis's children are, on the 11 o'clock service, when we go to sing Victory in Jesus, 
there are two little girls that run up and grab Kathy Rector's hands and lift them up as they sing Victory in Jesus. Those two little girls, there's Travis's daughters. How old are they now? Uh, Bela is seven. Aubrey is three. And then Hattie is uh, two months old. Two months old. But you think about that. It's just a beautiful scene. And it's a beautiful, beautiful image because it's, it's an outward expression of an inward faith. That, and you're showing them that respect and that love for Jesus Christ and how important he is. And you can see that when they do things like that. It's To me, it's very very moving. Well, thank you. And it's insp- it's inspirational for dads and moms everywhere. You know, Absolutely. This is what you want to do. Absolutely. Your children. So you've been here at Wins pretty much your Long whole life. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Much um, yeah, so my parents were coming here when I was born, so uh, 1986. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been coming to Wins uh, my entire life. Uh, my wife grew up uh, in a Southern Baptist church, First Baptist Norfolk, um, okay. and so went to school here uh, in the area. DCU, was uh, it? She went to Randolph-Macon. Oh, she went to Randolph-Macon? Yeah, I went to Randolph-Macon. Okay. So uh, actually her and I met through uh, it was InterVarsity, which is a Christian club that they are a national Christian organization located on college campuses throughout the U.S. So um, they had one there, and uh, that's how I did not go to Randolph-Macon, but I had some friends who went to InterVarsity, which is how I met my wife, and we kind of started, WINS kind of started at the time. This would have been several years ago. I had a kind of a co-op with InterVarsity where the college kids from Randolph-Macon would come and assist with the youth program on Wednesday nights. In exchange, we would help. Uh, then with some of their needs that they had over there uh, so, at Randolph Macon, so so in a sense, um, wins help you find your wife. My, well, yeah, I would not have met. Cool. I would not have met her without that relationship. <laughs> that is so, that is great, yeah, man. Yeah. I love that. That so, is awesome. Um, and since then, uh, of course, now you have two children. Uh, you're a deacon here in the church. Yep. You're so was your father. Was your grandfather as well? Yep, both of them. Mm-hmm. So third generation deacon. Third generation deacon. Yep. Wow, that is that. Not a lot of people can say that. That's just really, really neat. What a blessing to be a part of that and, yeah. and everything. And I, I know that uh, in terms of uh, leaders here in our church, you're definitely one of those. You are in the choir as a drummer, and you teach a Sunday school class? Wherever God needs me, I try to make myself available. just finished teaching Sunday school class for the past three and a half years, and I've kind of switched gears a little, and I'm trying to help with getting uh, some of our onboarding discipleship efforts set up. So how do we help as uh, the church puts an emphasis on evangelism and outreach? As people come to wins and decide this is where they want to partner, how do we assimilate and onboard those people and and get them off on the right foot. And a lot of that starts with uh, educationally, you know, teaching them uh, some of the doctrines uh, that we hold true as uh, Baptists and Southern Baptists in particular. The other piece of that would be talking about uh, discipleship and encouraging discipleship within the church, pairing them with perhaps a more mature Christian and just really help prepare them to be able to move from the potatoes to the meat. Exactly. And so that's kind of my passion at this point. I see that as something the church in general maybe has missed over the past few decades is we do a good job at going and getting people, but once we've got them, I don't think we've done a good job at discipling them and holding them accountable. And I I completely agree. Now, for the listeners, discipleship is, there's really three parts. There's an outreach, there's stewardship, and there's leadership. Mm -hmm. And within those three parts, 
is how you grow spiritually within each one of those. You, you're growing spiritually. Stewardship is living that Christian life, mm-hmm. being that example, that, that shining light. The outreach is telling others about Jesus Christ, bringing them into fold and teaching them, like you said, to get from mm-hmm. the potatoes to the meat, right? Yep. And then that leadership is helping to guide people through that process. Mm-hmm. And you're doing this through your Sunday school class or... Uh, so the discipleship efforts, it's kind of bloomed out of this Thursday morning men's book study. This has been going on for probably a year and a half now. Yeah. Um, so we all started off with a uh, family-driven faith book by Bodie Bauckham. Yeah. Uh, another book we read was Dave Platt's book, Radical. Right. So some of the principles we've taken from those two books and kind of the overarching theme, it's something's not working and this is what we need to do to get it working. Exactly. And yeah. so... How do we take away or move away from focusing on the things of the world and being influenced by the world and place Christ as a higher priority in our personal lives, discipleship of our family, and the discipleship of those around us? Right. And being able to prioritize. And being able to prioritize those things. Right. Because there's a famous quote. He was a professor at Dallas Theological. You can't impart what you don't possess. And when you think about that, you'll never be able to disciple your family or anyone else if you don't take the time to first disciple yourself. Right. And I think that's really what we have to get back to as a church and as individual Christians in our day-to-day. And that doesn't mean we don't fail. We're not going to live perfect lives. That's not the point, right? The point of discipleship is you understand where you're failing at and you're trying to make ways to prevent that from happening over and over. Exactly. You're not trying to become sinless. You're just trying to sin less. There you go. So teaching others how to disciple themselves. Right. And discipling others and, and showing them what it means to seek after Christ daily and come to him as your bread daily. And then how do you use that to influence your family first and then those relationships around you that you have throughout the day? Yeah, and that's true church growth. Exactly. Spiritual growth within. When you have a church doing those things, practicing those things, teaching right. that way, then... You've got a church that's, that's growing. And discipleship doesn't feel natural. It, it requires you to get out of your comfort zone and get involved with people that you otherwise would have never gotten involved with. Yeah. So anyone who may be listening to this podcast, one of the things I've had to challenge myself on is if you see somebody who's come into the church and they look like they could use some Christian guidance or spiritual guidance, don't hesitate to walk up to that person and make yourself available to them. Absolutely. And it's tough because all of us are busy, but it's, it can't be ignored. And so I think that's, that's the only way that we're going to be able to address the situation is if we all decide, make a decision, you know, New Year's is coming up. You can make part of your resolution to be, I'm going to make myself available to disciple somebody exactly. this year. Exactly. And just start with one. You don't have to be a hero and try and go out and start forming all these relationships to disciple people. But just just pray to God that you would be available for one person that you can start investing your life into. And what will happen is that person, if effectively discipled, will turn around and do the same thing. Exactly. And it so now there's two of you. Yeah. It self-perpetuates. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and I think what's interesting here is 
there are people who have that type A bubbly mm-hmm. personality that can just walk up to anybody and just start talking and they can move and go. And I, I can name several that I know that are here at this church that, that are like that. But I can name even more uh, list of people that of people that don't possess that type A mm-hmm. approach. And when they hear something like what you just said, they, they'll, they'll shy back. Well, that's just not who I am. I can't, I can't just go up to just anyone and do that. But what I think they miss is that discipleship isn't necessarily going up and, you know, running your mouth like I do. Right. <laughs> you know, discipleship is doing. Mm-hmm. It's not talking. It's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a conversation prior to you getting here, Carl mm-hmm. and I, and... Um, Carl was talking about faith and some things that happened recently with him. And he realizes, and not to speak for you, Carl, but faith is not just believing. Faith is doing. Faith is an action word. It's an action word. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. And it's a lot of what you're talking about and what you're trying to do in teaching these men is that you don't have to have that type A life of the party kind of personality to be that that person who's discipling others um, in their walk and, th- and in their That's right. faith. That's right. It's just do it. That's right. Yeah. So it's not always comfortable for me to go and approach people. So just, but it's not us. You know, we're relying on God to be able to align the opportunity for this to take place. Right. And so the relationship may spawn as a result of you being faithful, having your hands involved in something and you cross paths with someone else exactly because of that. So if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you know, uh, I love the Lord. I want to do more. I want to bear fruit for the Lord. Bearing fruit for the Lord is, yes, it's it's leading, helping to lead someone to, to Jesus Christ. You know, um, that outreach, going out and telling people that, you know, admitting you're a sinner, believing that Jesus died for you and. Uh, and committing your life to him so that leading people down that road so that they're saved but it's also bearing fruit to those who are already saved helping right. them to grow and to prosper and to be the shining lights that can lead that's others right. as well that's right so. and one of the fallouts we've seen from a lack of discipleship is that age group from high school to college mm-hmm. and early adulthood and they get to college and they're just indoctrinated with you know everything that the world wants them to learn, uh, which isn't Christianity. Right. <laughs> and so we see them, we see them fall away. And so... Well, they're tempted by the fruit of the world. That's right. Know? That's and, right. I mean, it, we all have gone through that. Absolutely. You know? and, and so that's why I think it really is, you know, and of course, it should start at home, but not, not every Christian teenager has that support at home. Right. Making yes. yourself available to high school-aged Christians and just trying to help them navigate through what can be a very trivial point in life just because of everything that's out there. Right. And it's those temptations that pull them away from what they know to be right. And there's also, of course, people out there in the world who's never heard the truth. And yep. it leads us to the next point. One of the big issues that we see in the world today is men and, and women succumbing to these temptations that are out mm-hmm. in the world that lead them away from those from godly ways. And and some of the results of that uh, have been a lot of unwanted pregnancies. And, um, and it's created an issue in this country mm-hmm. uh, where abortion has just run rampant. And the statistics are just incredible that the number of babies that are, that are killed 
and it's considered legal in this country. And yep. And that fact there motivated you and your Sunday school class, I think it was, yep. was it? to get involved in a program called 40 Days for Life. Tell us about how you got involved with that and what you're doing in that ministry. Early on, there were a few areas we wanted to focus our efforts on as a Sunday school class, um, to be more outward focused and to get involved in some ministry opportunities. One of those was pro-life. So I just started looking to see what was already out there that maybe we could get involved with. Right. and just happened to search pro-life Richmond, Virginia. And uh, I guess this would have been February of 2018, and 40 Days for Life popped up and never heard of it before. So I clicked on the link and read about the description. They had a local Facebook chapter, went on, looked at that, and mentioned something to my buddy Ben, Ben Puffenbarger, and uh he and I must have stewed it over and said, why don't we reach out to uh, get some more details on it? So Ann Niemeyer is the, the lead for the, at least the Richmond or Central Virginia 40 okay. Days for Life chapter. And so we reached out to her just to see what does this look like? How can we help? For those who may not be familiar with 40 Days for Life, it's done twice a year. It's an international organization with 40-day prayer vigils that take place at abortion slash pregnancy centers throughout the world, really. I mean, it started in Texas, at Texas A&M, and has just taken off from there. And so there are several chapters around the U.S. Um, and around the world. So reached out to Ann, and Ann kind of gave us some, some dates that were available for us to be able to join in. And we picked a Sunday because we would all be here after church. Uh, so we loaded up the bus sometime in mid-March, and... I guess we took 75 at least, maybe close to 100 people. It was a lot of people that day. Yeah, and uh, we lined up across the front of the women's health facility there on the boulevard. We held signs. Some people made some signs themselves. Really, what we were looking to do is find something that would encourage people to get involved. Right. Now, yeah. I think this church has taken place has uh, done four of these, We've correct? done four of them now, and yeah. uh, I guess we'll have another one coming up that runs from the end of February through the uh, first part of April. Right. Uh, February 26th to April 5th. Mm-hmm. For those of you who aren't familiar with 40 Days for Life, it's actually been around since 2007, and the very first event that they did, they actually were able to get 80 cities to, to jump on board. Mm-hmm. Today, they have 816 cities in 56 countries. Yep. So this grew from 2007 to now, was that 12 years? That is amazing. Yep. And, I mean, even in Moscow, they have a chapter in Moscow where they're talking, where they're standing up you know, for pro-life, making a stand and trying to save lives. There is a website, uh, which is 40daysforlife.com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to read more about it, definitely go there. Uh, they'll talk about over 14,000 documented cases where they know babies' lives have been saved. And not just that. It's a ministry that started out working on that, but they, there's actually people who come to accept Christ as their Savior That's right. from going through those events. That's right. And uh, you have helped this church you know, to be involved in this. Uh, my wife and I have had the pleasure of being yep. able to join in and, and take part. And I know that there are a lot of other people in this church that not only believe and support what you do, but want to be involved Mm -hmm. as well. So how did they go about doing that? The first time we did it, we bust everyone down there and spent an hour down there. 
Um, now how we do it, we tend to adopt a weekday right. during the 40-day vigil. That's one day that uh, we will have folks sign up for our time slots, usually from, I think, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably put a sign-out sheet up sometime at the beginning of February. So if you're interested in participating, be on the lookout, and there'll be a sign-up sheet out there. Other ways you can get involved in 40 Days for Life is keep them in your on your prayer list. Yes. You know, they need they need our prayers and think about, you know, there there's ways that you can give to 40 Days for Life to help them financially because, you know, it is a ministry, uh, you know, it's a nonprofit organization and there are a lot of uh, marketing expenses that they have and staff that they have to keep right. afloat and another way to uh find out more about them if you haven't seen Unplanned, the movie Unplanned is is kind of a short story of how 40 Days got uh, started. Yeah, and when that came out at the movie theaters, yeah. quite a few of us from the church went. I got to tell you, that movie doesn't move you, then nothing will. It was right. very powerful. And I want to also bring up, in the movie, you see two types of people who are taking a stand for the pro-life movement. You see those who are uh, a bit on the edgy side and a little uh, a little rough and they'll say some pretty rough things and throw up some pretty harsh photos and things like that. That's not what 40 Days for Life is. It's passive in that respect. It's it's a respect thing. It, they go in, they stand, and they pray. Right. That's what they do. And they bring awareness from that perspective. And uh, this is, so if you're wanting to be involved but you don't want to go to that radical side, this isn't that at all. Yeah. And, uh, and the movie shows a clear difference between the right way and the wrong way to help lead someone to Christ. Right. You know, or to help people to understand the error of their ways and, and I can recognize that this is a life that that's we're right. talking about. Yeah. And, so. and uh, that's a great point because there is definitely a retaliatory yeah. type of approach that some have decided for whatever reason to take. We're not about that. And 40 days for life isn't about that. You're not going to win anybody to Christ. No. The only way you're going to win people to Christ is to not choose to do things that would feel maybe natural to do. There are people who have been persecuted as a result of being out there dis- well, sure. displaying peacefully. Yeah. But but it's like Paul says when he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he does describe it as a battle. And it is a battle between what's right and what's wrong, good and evil, God and, and, and Satan and all the things that he wants to throw out there. But he doesn't tell us, the Bible doesn't tell us, and Paul doesn't say go and attack. Right. He does, also tells us not to retreat. Mm-hmm. What he says is stand. Mm-hmm. That's what we're supposed to do, is stand. Yep. And that's what this is. It's taking a stand. And it's letting others know what God's will is. This is a life. He's given it. It's a gift. And we need to respect that. If you ever get to see some, some of the children who will go and participate in the 40 oh, Days yeah. for Life, they're learning at an early age. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's part of the discipleship from their parents yeah. is, you know, this is a, this is a cause worth fighting for. And they see, you know, you will see some of the stark contrast between us and what the world thinks yeah. we're out there doing. And the kids get to see that. And that kind of starts to shape their worldview early on that, yeah, I'm on the right side of, that's right. of things. And so I think that's, I think it's a huge ministry opportunity for our children the other piece is it unifies Christians across a lot of denominations. Right. So in that way, it's a very unique opportunity for our church to kind of hold arms together with our 
Catholic brothers and sisters, our Presbyterian brothers and sisters, so on and so forth. So, and you meet some new, really cool people. Right. Uh, I know I've heard from some of our folks here at Winds about the people they've talked to and some of the experiences they've got to have and some of the stories and the backgrounds they've heard about just people who have been doing this for decades. Right. And some of the lives that they've changed as a result of their obedience and being out there and fighting the good fight. Not to mention how much their own life has changed. Right, right. Being a part of all yeah. of that. Okay. I, I really hope that all of you that are listening to this will at least take a look at 40 Days for Life and what they stand for and what it's about. And we will be announcing the 40 Days for Life uh, events that the church is going to be bringing up as we get closer to those times. Seek out Travis Rector and ask him questions. Uh, ben Puffenberger as well. He uh, will be more than happy. Both both of these men will be more than happy to help you uh, or to give you some information so that you can be involved. And if you're unable to be there, I don't think you can attend. It might be work or life is in the way where you wouldn't be able to do that. Please keep them in your prayers. Pray for the mothers, for these babies, for the people that are standing out there, for the people that are actually working and pushing against them as well so that God's will can be done. Travis, this has been a blessing, man. I'm so glad Absolutely. that you joined us. You've been an amazing example and uh, in this church and a leader, and it's it's good to know you, and it's good that you were able to come in and to, uh, and to talk with us, and uh, we just appreciate it, man. No problem. Glad to do it. Thank you all for putting together Word Fitly Spoken. I know this is going to be a great opportunity to reach out and, and put messages in front of people, so I pray that God gives you all much success moving forward with this ministry. Thank you, brother. We hope that you were as blessed today by Travis's testimony and how God's working in his life as much as we were. If you want to know more about 40 Days for Life, just go online and visit their website at 40daysforlife.com and you'll read about all the things they're doing to try to save the lives of all these babies. There is a big event coming up. in February 26th to April 5th will be the next 40 Days event. There will be announcements made here at this church about how we will be participating you want to know more about that, go to our church website or email us at wordfitlyspoken at outlook.com. And remember, as you go through your week, Proverbs 25:11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Have a blessed day.